It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Tills. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com, all your subscriptions, past episodes, and more. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. We're going to Australia right now. Well, what's the big deal about doing that? I do that every other week with Marty Robbins on Final Round. Well, this time a little bit better, and I'm sure he will tell us in a better part of their country, too. We'll get to that. Dr. John Cosson joins us right now. Hello, Dr. John. Good day over there. That's my American impersonation of bad Australian accents that everyone seems to want to do. Don't you have to say the word Barbie? <laughs> and Fortnite. Oh, by the way, can we start with the... Um, there was a young man called Jeff Teolis on a podcast last week that said, what's half a fortnight, Marty? And I nearly broke my radio. <laughs> Do you know what half a fortnight is, Jeff? No. A week, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that, but why? You want okay. to get that abuse out of the way early. <laughs> sure, that's why. So if you call that a week, why can't you call a fortnight two weeks? Oh, that's forget about it. That's ridiculous. You can, <laughs> but it takes too many syllables. The Australian accent, I put a lot of thought into this. It's got nothing to do with pinball, of course, as a good uh, pinball podcast does. starts out with nothing about pinball. The Australian accent developed because we have a lot of flies. So everything about Australian is you have to shorten every word and keep your lips closed so flies don't get in your mouth. So it's all about talking like that and a choppy vicky and a larvy and a fortnight and you mumble a lot or else the flies get in your mouth. So if you're going to um, impersonate us, all you people, keep your lips closed and don't say much. And you've got an Australian accent. I get in trouble whenever I say Australia because Greg Silby's like, what's Australia? It's Australia. Too many syllables. Australia. It's not Melbourne. It's Melbourne. Melbourne. Beer. <laughs> we don't bother with the R. You've got to open your mouth. And you're not in Brisbane. You're in Brisbane. Correct. Same as Melbourne. Brisbane. Yes, we're in uh, the, the good bit of Australia, which you neglected to visit, but I'm sure you will be here in 2032. Well, I hope you will. 32? you're competing. How about 22? Uh, forget 32. I'll come next year or the year after. One of the two. Because, yes, you have a lovely part there. Listen, I was only there for a little bit. I went to Perth. You can't deny how gorgeous Perth is. Yes, I can. No, no. Spectacular sunsets. Wonderful beaches. Perth's wonderful up until 5.30 in the evening when it closes. No, I had a great time. And then went to Melbourne and uh, then made the trip kind of, you know, left to right, wound up in Sydney. Not bad for about eight, nine days. I still have to see other parts. Yes, your beautiful Queensland. and That's the one. Now you've said it. So what's so special about Brisbane? compared? I mean, you've got Brisbane Masters. We know about that. Well, the thing about Queensland is it's not really about Brisbane. Um, Brisbane's the capital of Queensland, but then the real Australia starts north of Brisbane. Um, and if you look at a map of the US and a map of Australia, they're actually about the same size. And how big's Canada compared to it all? I have to look it up. But uh, Bigger, baby. Bigger and better. Second biggest in the world. The distance from Melbourne to Brisbane is extended again the same amount north of Brisbane, and that's where the real Australia starts, with the, the tropic north and the everything that kills you actually lives north. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the rainforests on meeting the beach, birds that run up and kill you, um, the deadliest snake in the world, the inland Taipan. But apart from that, it's just magnificently beautiful. Uh, a lot of open space. And, uh, yeah, a lot to see. So it's not the cities in Australia that you want to go to. It's the bush, as they say. Anything that's not in a city is in the bush. I knew you were a doctor, but I didn't know you were a travel agent and an ambassador <laughs> for Australia. Wow, what a nice ringing endorsement. These things will kill you. Okay, for sure. <laughs> Here's my money. Take, <laughs> let's, let's get on a plane. 
the last time I saw you was three weeks after we spent time at Indisc, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you came on my actual birthday for my 50th uh, over a year ago, and that was a, a pleasant surprise. My wife Ann and I got off the plane, and look at that. There's Dr. John. I had no idea. You totally surprised us, and I was like, oh, what's going on? And you wanted to say hi, which I thought was so, so kind. I wanted to come down, meet Ann. I thought there must be something good about you, and it turns out it is your wife. My wife loves you. <laughs> I love it right back. Jim. When we've done some FaceTimes, I think Anne was in her pajamas. <laughs> I said, oh, she can't talk right now. <laughs> She's in her pajamas. You go, that's okay. I'm a doctor. Great line. <laughs> I think you rang me up mid-operation once for a chat. I did. I had to leave the operating theater to tell a dirty joke to your father, if I remember. <laughs> that was so funny. No, it was good to catch up. I knew, I knew you were in town. I knew I probably would be seeing you again for a while. So my uh, wife and daughters were away on a scrapbooking weekend, so I thought I'd just jump on a plane and pop down to Melbourne and uh, spend the night at Ryan C's house, catch up with you and Anne and have a few gins and play some pinball. It was good. Got your birthday present. You won't remember what it was, but that's okay. I'm not I offended. absolutely do. It's a Vegemite hat. A hat made of Vegemite. <laughs> that's why your hair's growing so well. It's like fertilizer. I got a few gifts, so I can't. I got to remember who who did what. Mick gave me uh, some nice gifts. Marty and Ryan. Now that I think about it, squat diddly. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Bed and breakfast. That's fine. I took their Whopper points. I don't know how, but I'm not allowed to say <laughs> oh, it. Anyway, no that I thought. No idea, but I, I don't know what we're talking about. I have a reach around. Well, Emily has a reach around on the shelf behind me. Well, okay. So we're talking about my 50th, but Emily just had a big milestone, uh, 18 years old. And for those who don't know what we're talking about when we say reach around, it's the award show we do on the Final Round Pinball Podcast. You know, there are nice established awards like the Twippies and the Pinball Industry Awards. We went the other way and did reach arounds. And in true award fashion, don't campaign for votes, just buy them. So we actually sold the awards and, and you and Emily purchased that and Emily purchased one to make my partner not be able to drink for a month on stream. So uh, Marty still hasn't cashed in on that where I'm not allowed to do a certain thing, uh, talk about a certain tournament, which I won't. That's fine. Greg Silby. <laughs> the, the trophy by Stuart was absolutely wonderful. It, it takes pride of place on her massive trophy cabinet over behind me, which is twice the size of mine, sadly, but uh, that's the way she plays pinball. Well, enjoy it. There might not be another reach around. That was a lot of work. <laughs> But we do catch you and Emily streaming on Emily and Dr. John, and that's been a lot of fun. You've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, I think we started, I think she was about 14 or 15 when we started, so four or five years ago. And it was just pinballs developed so much over the last 12 months to 18 months with all the things going on in the world. People have had more time to dedicate themselves to pinball. But back in those days, it was probably only two or three streaming channels that covered pinball, and uh, there was none particularly designed just for kids. So we, I started that with Emily because she was just getting into tournament pinball at the time, and I thought, well, if you're going to learn tournament pinball, might as well learn it live online, and we would uh, go through our collection of games and play a different game every week, and uh, she would often beat me, as she does still. Since then, it's just blossomed now with 24-hour pinball streaming available on Twitch and tons of YouTube channels, but it was really good to be there at the start with her and uh, gave me an excuse to travel the world and go to pinball shows all under the excuse of spending time with my children. You're a fine pinball player, Dr. John, but Emily certainly has surpassed you. And yeah. I think of Adam Lefkoff, who's a great pinball player, and he has humbly now referred to himself as Escher's dad because obviously mm -hmm. Escher is a world-class player. 
Yet you still hang on to the Dr. John title and not call yourself Emily's dad. So I just want to say kudos to the Lefkoffs, and <laughs> you are still trying to hang on to that glory, even though we all know it's Emily. Hang on to the past memories. No, well, she's, she's just completing her year 12 of studies. And in Australia, that's, uh, I don't know how the college system works in the US and Canada, but this is her final year of high school. And she wants to get into university next year. So she's curtailed her pinball playing just a little bit this year. So we haven't been streaming that much. So she concentrates on her studies. She's pretty much a straight A student. And we'll get into whatever she wants. And at the moment, she's focusing on probably doing cybersecurity and computing, which I know very little about. But I think there's a lot of future in it. So that's what she's aiming for. But uh, we mentioned the Brisbane Masters earlier. And we popped up to that a couple of weeks ago and competed. And after having not played competitive pinball for about a year... She managed to come third in the um, Queensland Women's Championships behind two other very good players. So she's still got the still got the skills, which is good. I don't think she'll lose it, even though she's got some studies. And good on her for taking those cybersecurity. You're right, there could be a future in that. Who knows? I think she'll do fine. Tell us about Brisbane Masters. Obviously a little bit different and maybe a little bit disappointing too. I know it was just a matter of circumstance when it fell on the calendar, when IFPA opened up, the fact that borders are still closed in a lot of places. It's difficult for you in Australia to kind of go anywhere without some kind of, whether it's a vaccine passport or some kind of quarantine. So tell us what was Brisbane Masters like? It was a perfect storm of a weekend as far as everything not lining up exactly right. So as you said, um, it's been in the planning for the past year. Jimmy Nails, Jason Lambert, um, the crew from Netherworld and the Brisbane Arcade Collective. There are many people involved, Dave the Tech. But they, they, there's a new venue called Brew Dogs, which is a very large custom brewery uh, located in Brisbane, just near the Gateway Bridge which opened up their back area, which is a storeroom and expansion for brewing and has this massive space. And luckily the owners and the brewers all happen to love pinball. So they, they made it available to us. We, they set up about 60 machines there and it was all looking good right up until the second last weekend when there was a small COVID outbreak and Queensland snapped their border shut because Queensland has been very lucky in Australia that uh, we haven't had a, a massive COVID outbreak yet. So every time it happens a bit further south, we just tell everyone to stay away. So the only competitors that could come in were Queenslanders and a couple of little sneaky southerners that came up just before the border closed. But we still had 110 competitors for the main event and it went swimmingly well. And there was 10 days of competition, including the Australian Arcade Championships and the Donkey Kong Championships, and of course, six or seven different pinball warm-up events. So we got to get through them, stream them, People can see that all on the BPAC uh, Twitch stream. A number one player, Jason Lambert, did come because he's Brisbane-based and uh, and got to practice his skills to hopefully go over to the Worlds in Florida in May next year, I think that is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So for those that don't know, in Australia, the quarantine's kind of... It's not about the country. It's about the individual states. So Queensland kind of shut everything else off for, say, Victoria and everywhere else in Australia... Yeah, that's too bad about the perfect storm, but you know it'll be back next year. Jimmy Nails and the staff does a wonderful job, and you know when it does come back next year, you're going to get a lot of those North Americans showing up. Well, we had a, a, the funniest quote uh, from the Brisbane Masters two years ago when we, I arranged for Bo and Karen's to come over and uh, got some sponsorship for him as our special guest. And, of course, we had two other little uh, North Americans arrive on our doorstep as well, being Escher Lefkoff and um, Colin Urban. And uh, I think of the six main events... 
it was taken out by either Colin or Escher with Bowen third, and Bowen thanked me kindly <laughs> for inviting him over so he could get third and everything behind the young fellas. But, uh, yeah, we really want uh, quality players from US, Canada and Europe to hopefully come to the Brisbane Masters next year when everything opens up again because it's a really well-run event. A lot of whoppers, of course, for people chasing whoppers, but most of all a great time. And with this new venue, very comfortable. We have our own bar. We have our own beer garden out the back. Uh, we have our own custom-brewed beer being made for the event. So, uh, yeah, hopefully get to see everyone next year. Boy, that sounds exciting. Ten days of pinball. But when I go on vacation, especially if Queensland is everything you say it is, I kind of want to see some of the sights. Maybe not some of those deadly vipers or anything like that. But I certainly want to see the Gold Coast and other things too. But it's so tempting with all those whoppers. So yeah, you're probably going to have a lot of people show up when it comes back in 2022. But we were talking earlier about Indus. That's the last time we saw each other on a pinball basis. And that was when you, myself, Stephen Bowden were commentating on IE Pinball for the finals of the IFPA Open in which Eric Stone was the big winner. That was a lot of fun and pretty exciting for a big tournament like that. Do you remember Diner breaking down a little bit and they had to fix that? It was It's all on the streams and it was uh, something to be a part of for sure for that first new major. Well, lucky being on the streams, I could go back and watch the stream afterwards to see how our commentary went. It was interesting just how much comment was made about my chili dog eating while I wasn't at the microphone, but thank you. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> We were talking about food, Stephen and I. We like to do that. I like to do that. Stephen certainly uh, entertains me by following along, and we're talking about great food. And you talked about eating a chili dog with a fork. And Steve and I were just, that's a foul. Like, if there's if this is soccer, yellow card at the very minimum. I think, in fact, I left it sitting there for half an hour before I got to eat it. So it turned into this massive, soggy mess of... Um whatever it was supposed to be. It wasn't you shovel up. it in, you don't grab a fork. Come on, that's just a... But that in this tournament, my gosh, I mean, it's so sad. I, I managed to go to Pinburg twice and just loved it every time and got to do the Indisc once and of course they're both no more which is no 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 don't say that well, no 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 sorry different venue perhaps yes Indisc will still be around there's they're working hard on that and maybe by the time this episode airs things will have sorted out moment of silence talked about Jimmy Nails and I think of all the Papa crew and, and Indisc and everybody put, that puts on these massive tournaments and you've been a part of that too boy do not take these things for granted and thank the people that are doing this for our enjoyment and go one step further. Find out how you can help out. Maybe it's something as simple as scorekeeping. Maybe it's giving somebody a break. Whatever the case may be, if you can volunteer, it will be better for the entire pinball community, these tournaments, because it is a big, big operation and these TDs, these volunteers, the techs, we can't do it without them. Mm -hmm. Another thing we're missing... You and I both, outside of the United States, we're missing travel a little bit. I know for you, you like to travel to different tournaments. You mentioned the Pinbergs and Brisbane Masters, of course, right there, but Indisc. Going to tournaments, certainly fun to play pinball, but you and I can play pinball anywhere. We can play in leagues. We can play in local tournaments. It's the people we don't get to see normally that we've become friends and great acquaintances, and that's the thing I've been missing the most. That's right. I mean, the, the thing about the show is, I've, you know, I've been lucky, as I said, in Disc, um, Pinburg, Pintastic New England. That was yeah. a great show as well. Um, we took the whole family to that. But not having the tournament scene for the last 12 months as such, I really didn't miss it. I didn't think I did until Pin Clash came along and Carl put that on and I absolutely loved Pin Clash. But going to these big shows, if you do the tournament, I tend to find there's a couple of things you miss out on. And one, of course, is... Um, 
playing all the games that you may not play normally because you're only playing tournament games. But the biggest thing is the socialising and getting together. We're not a big community pinball people. Wherever you travel in the world, especially US, Australia, um, New Zealand, I'm yet to do a lot in Europe, but it's the same people always turning up. And it's like getting together with old friends again. And if you're in a tournament, you don't get time just to sit down, chat, and every now and again someone has a drink. And that's the main part I miss is missing out on not having the drinks with them, finding out what they're doing and getting to know them and getting to know their families. I mean, we, we see people stream and it's like getting to know them on stream, but then when you go meet them, you meet their kids, you meet their wives, you meet their husbands. You FaceTime their wives. I get it, yeah. <laughs> I think when they're in the pyjamas. <laughs> By the way, she loves you so much, she even showed up on the FaceTime in her pyjamas. So you've got that charm. Well done. And I'll just leave up the everyone's imagination what that looked like anyway. <laughs> but that's what's good about your podcast, Jeff, is I think you're my second favorite. I'll give you second, third. Anywhere in the top 10, I'll take, sure. <laughs> my first is still Slam Tilt. Oh, I love those guys. Simply because they're the only ones that cover tech. And one of my favorite passions in pinball is restoring older machines and repairing games. And I'll get called out to people's houses to repair games. I love it. And just hearing their tech tips, no one else does it. And that's why I love them. I love Final Round um, because of Marty. Me too. <laughs> but this one especially because it's the people. It's you, you covering the people that are in the hobby. And most of the people you speak to I know, and most of the people you speak to, most of the people who have been in the hobby for a couple of years have met somewhere. And that's what, that's what I like about this podcast, which is why I've decided one thing I've been doing over the past 18 months, apart from the last four months, there was a lot of slowness in pinball news. So there no games being released during the height of COVID, nothing much was happening. So I started writing quizzes for podcasts, most of which were met with um, the initials WTF spring to mind <laughs> for my quizzes because <laughs> yeah. they were a little bit ambiguous. <laughs> But I was bored. I wanted to make it something different. So for you, I've done a special quiz. Should we do the quiz now or should we save it for the end? Tease it. It's up to you. I've, I've got a few more questions for you. I'll give you a clue. Okay. The quiz has nothing to do with pinball. Okay. So that if you want to tune out afterwards. But I don't think you do because what I love about your quizzes, and I heard them on Slam Tilt. I loved it when you did that. I've definitely heard what you did on the pinball show. And <laughs> it's poor dense. What I like about them is that they're fun for the listener to play along too. I haven't looked at what you've sent me and I know I'm going to fail miserably, but I don't care because it'll be fun for the people playing at home. So that's that's why I like these quizzes. But I did sure. mention the pinball show and you're a part of that. You're one of the correspondents for not only Spooky, but Haggis. Let's talk about Spooky first of all, a big summer for them with Halloween and Ultraman. I have yet to flip that. I still haven't flipped Rick and Morty. I'm dying to flip all three of those games. Your thoughts early on Halloween and Ultraman. Well done. That's all I can say. I mean, I, I first met Charlie at Texas Pinball Festival back in 2018 when America's Most Haunted first came out and he had sold about 10 units and was about to um, cry and bought the game down to Texas Pinball Festival. And I, I flipped it and loved it and said, I'll, I'll take one um, and send it back to Australia. And uh, they were appreciative. And I rang some people in Australia and said, get on this game. And I think we sent over about uh, 12 copies. And after the show, it pretty much sold out. Once people got to flip it, it was good. And it was a great first effort. Nice and simple, street-level layout, but good rules. Bit fun, bit quirky. And then I've, I've bought every game by Spooky since then, except these last two titles, simply because... Halloween wasn't a great appeal to me as a theme. And I've looked back through my history and I've owned pretty much 70 different games now. So everything almost boils down to theme for me. 
there's not so much novelty and variety of, of shots anymore in pinball. It's, it's how immersive is it for me? So um, Halloween wasn't my favourite meal, and unfortunately I've never heard of Ultraman. We didn't really get it in Australia. So I've subsequently seen um, Jack Danger's stream of, uh, of the games, and congratulations to Bug and Lucas and David and Charlie, everyone involved. Those games look great. The rules look fun. The shots look fun. And they have bumped up their build quality like crazy, and I've talked to Charlie about that a fair bit. The problem with spooky games in the past sometimes was transport, with connectors falling off and people getting their games and complaining they didn't work. But with everything now up to industry standard with connectors on IDCs and all sorts of stuff and Molex connectors, um, they've really stepped up the mark to become a, one of the top pinball companies. So congratulations to them. And when we can travel, I know there are about, I think, there are about 16 copies coming to Australia that I know of, including a few at Netherworld with Jimmy Nail. So I'll be able to shoot it when they when they arrive here. You might be kicking yourself for not getting that. I mean, oh, I know, but you can pick up anything on the secondhand market if you're willing to pay. I remember when Iron Maiden came out, for example, people were like, ah, I, I do not like that band. Oh, but darn it, this is fun. So I got to admit what I saw too of Halloween. It looks it looks very exciting, and they've put a lot into that. So with Charlie and the whole Emery family, we want to see them do well because of their humble beginnings. Their expectations aren't as high as the big, big wigs, but boy, oh boy, they make great products, fun games. They shoot well, and I just want to see them do incredible for the years to come. And I I don't think I have to worry that they won't because they know what they're doing and, and they expand and they know their limitations and they've made a lot of happy customers. That's for sure. I know Stern would say um, when they have a license, they will go to their designers and say, who's interested in this? And a designer won't do the game unless he actually likes the theme. Now, the good thing about Spooky is every game they build, they absolutely love that theme. So they're not trying to make something for a mass market. They're trying to make something that they themselves love and are passionate about. And I think that shows in their games. So. The product speaks for itself. I, my Alice Cooper is just a fantastic game. It's, it's probably the most original as far as shooting and rules go because of Bo and Karen's and what he did with it. I mean, there's no other game I can think of where one of the rules is you have to hide the ball from view for a certain amount of time to beat one of the monsters. Who would have thought of that? We mentioned you talk about Spooky on the Pinball Show as one of the correspondents, but a company that has really started to remind me a lot of Spooky and that upfront, honest approach and here's where we are and, and they bring you along in the process is right there in Australia with Damien and Haggis. And I know you were the first ever Celts customer and I know you're a fan of what they're doing, but don't you see a lot of similarities between them and Spooky? People going with their passion. They both had jobs in the past. They both got families and they've decided to go down the pinball line. And I remember speaking to Charlie and saying, what's the best advice you can give Damien in going into this pinball manufacturing? And he said, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Damien's learning. Uh, we chat weekly about the process. It's fascinating. And I don't know whether you've seen the latest Facebook yeah. post by Damien. I mean, who would have thought people not building a driveway correctly can affect your pinball manufacturing skills? So... Every little thing tends to be against you <laughs> when you're trying to put pinball machines together. And, of course, Damien's got the problem of uh, tyranny of distance and costs. So in, it's not like ringing up Pinball Life and saying, can you send me over another 20 coils? They take a long time to come over, and buying in small volumes is not economic. So Damien's had to go on the invention train and worked out how to build all this stuff himself locally so that he can get a regular supplier in good timing. And uh, he's doing that. It will take a bit to get it smooth, but I got my Celts game behind me. 
and that's functioning very nicely, and the build quality is astounding. He's put so many little extra things in there. It, you know, we all know about the play field and the acrylic layer to uh, make it undentable, which it is. I took a hammer to it, couldn't do a thing to it, and it shoots well too. It shoots brilliantly. When you got your game, you mentioned having 70 games in and out there over the course of your pinball career. You said to me, the exact words were, best build quality I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely astounding. And I'm, I'm sure Fathom will be the same. I'm in number one for Fathom. Nice. With the Mermaid Edition. So we'll have a look at that when that gets in. Because I really like the old Solid State games. And with Marty's new rules, and uh, he's given some hints about what's in there, that should be a lot of fun, I think. Get into a Damien. <laughs> I love that they got those Bally licenses because I think that's just brilliant to be able to remake those games and really change them a little bit. I said, for everyone who bought a Fathom Mermaid Edition, you just bought two games because you're going to have that great original code and then whatever Marty puts into it. I think that's fantastic. It's going to be something to look forward to. And he's got four more titles after that. So he's got a lot of work on his hands probably for the next five or six years, I think. And... Original games as well. Don't think they're not going to be doing that. So big, exciting things for Haggis as they continue to grow. So thanks for doing the correspondence with Spooky, with Haggis. We certainly enjoy that. I hope we can enjoy the next part of this podcast. Let's do your quiz. Okay. So you're the man that's spoken to everybody in pinball. What I want to know is, do you actually listen to them? Do you know them, Jeff? Do you really care about them at all? Listen, Jim, I'm a huge, I definitely listen. Oh, is it John? Sorry. Uh, I listen for sure. You know what? The best compliment I've ever been given about Pinball Profile was somebody who said, well, I don't know who that person is you're talking to, but you have a knack of making people I'm not interested in interesting. And that that's not true. It's I find out stuff about the people and they have interesting qualities. We have the common bond of pinball, but everyone does something a little bit different, right? Yeah. Pinball people in the main are a little quirky. We're a bit funny. I mean, <laughs> we, we socialize well, I find. We have a lot of introverts. We have a few extroverts, but we've all got our own things. So I'm, I'm, I've just done a little quiz. I've contacted a few of our mutual friends okay. from around the world and just asked them a series of questions. Now, you don't need to see this, so you can play along in the car. And I think most people who listen to this podcast will know pretty much everyone I'm talking about. So you can have your own guesses as well. And it's a match game. So I'm going to read some names and some things, and you've just got to identify the person with the thing. So we'll start easy. Can you see the first one? Match the favorite song, Jeff? So here are the four people. Bruce Nightingale from Slam Tilt, Damien Harton from Haggis Pinball, Carl D'Angelo, i.e. Pinball, Never Drains, and the MIA, Jesse J. Where are you, Jesse? I know where she is. I do too, by the way. I want you to guess which one of them is their favorite song. And here's the list of songs. We've got the four people. The songs are California Girls, the Van Halen version. It's a David Lee Roth version, by the way. It's not Van Halen. It was David oh, Lee sorry. Solo. Come on, get the quiz right. Oh, Nissan Dorma. Nissan Dorma. Nissan Dorma. That one. It's classical. Don't Bring Me Down by ELO. ELO. Yeah, that's Bruce Nightingale. We'll, we'll get that one out of the way right away. That's Bruce Nightingale. Don't bring me down. And Layla. Do you know who sang Layla, Jeff? Derek and the Dominoes. Well done. You wanted me to say Eric Clapton, didn't you? No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. no, no. So you've got that. Yeah. So we, we've eliminated Don't Bring Me Down for Bruce Nightingale. So we have California Girls, Nissan Dorma, the operatic piece, and Layla. So who are you matching them to? You had Damien, Carl, and Jesse J. I've been to a concert with Carl D'Angelo 
And we saw Queen in concert, and there's no Queen song on here. Damien. Hmm. I'm going to guess that Jesse J is the opera song. I'm going to guess that, and, and it's all guesswork. They said this on Pinball Profile. They did not. You're just making no, this up. No, they didn't say it on Pinball Profile. I asked them after having been guests. Got you. I'll give Carl D'Angelo, because he's over 40, I'll say Layla, and although that could be Damien too. Well, the moment you're firing one for one, Jeff. Got Bruce right. Yeah, that's the one. Damien, Layla, Carl, California Girls, Jesse the Offer song. Yep, zero, <laughs> apart from Bruce. Okay, who was what? <laughs> so there you go, guess Jeff never listens. Jesse J loves Derek and the Dominoes and Layla. Carl D'Angelo, he's a man of class and standing. Of course he loves operating music. Nissen Dorma. And Damien said anything by Van Halen, even though I'd said California Girls and Stavely Lee Roth. I put that in just to trick you. So there's your first one. So you failed miserably to start with. Got they it. get easier. Here's some more songs and favorite players. Now, you've got to know these. Jack from Jersey Jack, Josh Sharp. I don't see the song Loser by Beck on there. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> Ryan C. and Zach Many. Okay. And our songs, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and that's the ukulele version, by the way. Toxic by Britney Spears and Unchained Melody by the Everly Brothers. <laughs> You want me to say Jack for Somewhere Over the Rainbow because the first game was Wizard of Oz. I'll give you a point, correct. If that song wasn't on there, I would have thrown Unchained Melody because it's an older song. So who is into Unchained Melody? Uh, I'm going to come back to that. Fat Bottom Girls. I'll go Zach. But I'll go Toxic with Ryan C. And therefore, Josh is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I'm way off. <laughs> no, I'm sorry again, Jeffrey. You can have your one point for Jack with Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And, of course, Zach Manny loves Unchained Melody because he's just a romantic at heart. Ryan C., Fat Bottom Girls, baby. Anything by Queen, he told me. And uh, Josh, Toxic, Britney. Can't you imagine Josh karaoke along to Britney songs? It's a great song. That's the one. Next one. Match the first job to the player. Mrs. Pin, Kate Martin, and we're back with Jesse J. And the jobs are fast food chicken seller, babysitter, and video store. Video store attendant, renting out videos in those days. I've got Mrs. Penn as the babysitter. I've got Kate as the fast food chicken seller and Jesse J. a video store. You are the most consistent man in the world, Jeff. One point. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Pin, the babysitter, agreed. <laughs> Jesse J would sell fast food chicken, and Kate used to rent out videos. Next question. I'm dying at these. Back to the same kind of question. Match the first job to the player. Zach Many, Escher Lefkoff, Scott Denisi, Carl D'Angelo, Ryan C. Match the first job to the player. And there are only three jobs here. And the three jobs are pinball tech, paper boy, table, cleaner, or bus boy. So two of them were bus boys, Got it. two of them were paper boys, and one was a pin tech. Carl's a paper boy because he's the oldest and no one buys the paper anymore. That's got to be right. You can tell me right now. I've got to be right. Zero. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is also a paper boy. Zero. <laughs> I've got pinball tech for Asher. Yes, correct. Working with Comet Pinball right now. Okay, I got one right, so that means I'm going to screw up the other ones. Oh, okay. So Ryan sees a paper boy and so is Denise. Yes. And Carl and Zach cleaned tables for restaurants and acted as busboys. Match the breakfast to the player. By the way, none of these things were ever covered on Pinball Profile. None. None. This is from your personal interactions, Jeff. Now what we've done, we've moved to a restaurant with these people that you know and love. You've known them for years. So, first of all, we're going to have breakfast and you're ordering. 
I've had breakfast with none of these people, I'll, I'll point out. That time you got out and shouted some. So you sit at the table and you say, it's okay, I've got this, folks. I'll do the ordering. So the people sitting at your table, number one, are, of course, Raymond Davidson, Ryan C., Scott Denisi, Damien from Haggis, and Esher. And your menu items are smashed avocado on toast, any sugary cereal that's supposed to be eaten by children, omelettes, and bacon and eggs. Who are you going to order for what? Raymond, you're getting the cereal. Correct. One. Ryan's kind of a healthy eater. I'm going to say the smashed avocado. Two. Scott Denisi, I don't, don't think I've ever had a meal with Scott, but I'll go a uh, good American meal, bacon and eggs. No, oh, close. Omelette. Damien. Well, if Ryan's a smashed avocado, maybe Damien is as well. No. And then Escher, let's go bacon and eggs. Yes, so Damien and Escher, both bacon and eggs. That wasn't bad. You're not bad at ordering food. That's not too bad. These are crazy quizzes. Okay, what do you hate to eat that's popular? Carl D'Angelo, Mrs. Pin, Scott Denisi. What do they hate to eat that's popular? The choices are sandwiches, salt and vinegar chips, or hot dogs. Okay, Carl. I've had many meals with Carl, so I have to think about this. We, he took me to Gorilla Sushi in Vegas. That's an amazing place. We had a huge table. I think there was like 14 of us. When we go to TPF, we always find a great barbecue. He's an In-N-Out burger guy, which is ridiculous. It's a Whataburger or nothing but. Well, what have you never seen him eat? I don't think he eats hot dogs. He loves hot dogs. Oh, well, I stand corrected then. Mrs. Pin is the hot dog hater. Mrs. Pin hates hot dogs. Yep. She knows they're all lips and asses. <laughs> and of course, Scott doesn't like salt and vinegar chips. I think he would have been kicked out of Wisconsin if he said he didn't like hot dogs too. So again, same category. What do you hate to eat that's popular? Bruce Nightingale, Kate Martin, Josh Sharp, Zach Many. What do you hate that's popular? And the choices are goat cheese, lobster, cheese, and salad. You know Josh, because you and Josh are like soul brothers. I've had many meals with Josh. I'll put it that way. What have you never bought Josh at a restaurant? A first place trophy. You wouldn't buy it for him. I know you wouldn't. Well, you're making it sound like I'm cheap, therefore lobster, but... Correct. One point. Okay. Kate, I will say... I can't imagine she wouldn't eat a salad. I'm going to go goat cheese for Kate. Correct. Okay. Two for two. Can I get... I want to get perfect on one. Bruce Nightingale, cheese or salad? Zach Minnie, cheese or salad? Who would sing the Simpsons song, You don't make friends with salad. You don't make friends with salad. Hmm. <laughs> Who sings every podcast? Come on, man. Bruce. No. Bruce does too. Bruce used to sing. He's been doing a lot more than... He can sing well. Okay, so Zach doesn't eat salad. And Bruce doesn't eat cheese. No, he doesn't like cheese at all. Four for four. Favorite drink. You have have like... One, two, three, four, five, six. You have ten people on here. You don't have to list them all. Everyone put their favorite drink down. We have... Pepsi or Sprite, we call them soft drinks. They call them pop. Or soda. We've got Thai tea, Prosciutto, which is a sweet Italian wine. Coffee, water, or Dr. Pepper, preferably from Canada. So I'll name them. You tell me what you're buying them for a drink. So you're going to buy Carl, of course. What are you going to buy, Carl? Well, Carl, I'm not speaking out of turn, lost a lot of weight years ago and looks fantastic. So I'm going to say water. Oh, he's got his little finger in the air listening to Nissan Dorma while sipping... Oh, okay, the wine. Thai tea. Oh, the Thai tea, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to call Carl out on this. Carl's got this image of, like, why, why is he friends with me? 
<laughs> we are complete opposites. And Ryan and Scott Denise both want the same drink. They're happy. Ryan C. and Scott Denise are both going to have, I'll say water. Correct. Scott would prefer his with bubbles. Bruce Nightingale? I think Bruce has got to be a Dr. Pepper guy. Come on, Bruce. He loves a good cup of coffee. Just tell me, Josh's. You know him. He's a soul brother. Pepsi. Dr. Pepper from Canada. No kidding. Do you know how that was my poison for years? It was. <laughs> it was, uh, oh boy. Like I, I had to stop because it was just, I was drinking all my calories, but that is the nectar of the gods. Okay, nice. <laughs> Let's move on okay. to the next one. What's your best sport as a child? We've got Scott Denisi, Bruce Nightingale, Josh Sharp, Jesse J, and Kate Martin. Jesse J, 100% is boxing. Yes, Jesse J is boxing. Josh will know. I think Josh is golf. Yes. I know Kate. Kate was a hockey player. Yes. So that leaves Bruce and Scott. And you can have baseball or soccer. I'm going to say Bruce was, what was it, baseball and soccer? Mm-hmm. For the perfect round. I'm going to say Bruce was baseball. Yes. And Scott was soccer. Perfect round at last. <laughs> what movie have these people seen more than 10 times? Ryan C., Escher Lefkoff, Mrs. Pin, who's already the Goonies. I'll tell you that right now. Correct. <laughs> okay. Ryan C., is it Pulp Fiction, Fargo, or Star Wars Episode One? I think Escher's Star Wars. Correct. Yeah. He's a young guy, and that would have certainly appealed to a young Escher for sure. So Mrs. Mm -hmm. Pin was Goonies. That leaves Fargo and Pulp Fiction. Ryan sees Pulp Fiction. Zach is Fargo. 100%. You're getting better, Jeffrey. I do know these people. I just haven't had meals with them or sung songs with them. <laughs> this is the thing. If you're still listening, by the way, <laughs> if you're still listening, that's the fun thing about these quizzes. Now, Pinball Profile is really to get to know these people. And John, I appreciate you've taken so much time to put this together. And there's a lot of people that know everybody that we're mentioning here, or certainly many of them. So we're learning a little bit about these people. I don't even have to do pinball profiles with them now. So thanks, John. You've done all the research. What movie have these people seen more than 10 times? Scott Denisi, Bruce Nightingale, or Josh Sharp? Okay, Bruce Nightingale. The movie is, I'm guessing, Airplane. The choices were Descendants 3, Back to the Future Part 1, and uh, I think Bruce is Airplane. He likes that kind of humor. Correct. So Josh will be Descendants, Back to the Future. Josh Sharp, I'll say Back to the Future. Mm, I was wrong. So that would have been Scott the Nisi. And yes. Descendants 3, I don't even know what Descendants 3 is. No idea, but apparently it's good. If you said Descendants 2, I definitely oh. would have guessed Josh. <laughs> if you could be cast in a movie remake, what role would you take? We've got Mrs. Pin, Jesse J, and Kate Martin. If you could be cast in a movie, and here are the choices. Dana from Ghostbusters, Hermione from Harry Potter, and Johnny Depp from Crybaby, Mrs. Pin. I'm going to go Jesse J, Johnny Depp in Crybaby. Am I getting a yes or no? <laughs> There's only three, so I'm not telling you until the end. <laughs> okay. Jesse J, I'll say Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. Kate, I'll say... This is a tough one. Mrs. Pin, Jesse J, Kate Martin. Who wants to be Dana from Ghostbusters? Who wants to be Hermione? Who wants to be Johnny Depp in Crybaby? Why would you want to be Johnny Depp and Crybaby unless you have a crush on Johnny Depp? I, I, I've never seen the movie, so I don't even know what it's about. It's a teen angst movie from what I could see. Mrs. Oh. Pin, you're Johnny Depp. Jesse J, you're Hermione. And Kate, you're Dana from Ghostbusters. I'm way off. You got Kate right. Mrs. Pin wants to be Hermione. And Jesse J loves Johnny Depp and Crybaby. Which I had originally and I changed it. Yeah, you changed your mind. Talked yourself out of it. Last question. Same thing, three other people. If you could be cast in a movie... 
What role would you take? We've got Bruce Nightingale, Ryan C., Scott Denisi, Jules from Pulp Fiction. I don't know why you'd want to be Jules. He doesn't really have a good scene there when he meets Zed. Kyle Edwards from Road Trip. And Danny from Grease. Ryan sees Jules from Pulp Fiction. Correct. Yeah, it was his favorite movie, so that was an easy one. Bruce, does he want to be Kyle Edwards from Road Trip or Danny from Grease? He wants to be Danny from Grease. Scott Denise, he wants to be Kyle Edwards from Road Trip. Okay. 100%. Wow, I don't know Josh, apparently. I definitely don't know Carl D'Angelo. Who is this man? You have to spend some more time with people, Jeffrey. That's your trouble. Reach out to Carl. Every tournament I go to with him, we guarantee grab a meal. And it's never a sandwich. (laughs) It's never a sandwich. (laughs) And we're not listening to opera. You're right. Well, John, that was fun. Hopefully you knew some. How long did it take you to put that together? Because you had to reach out to these people. Yeah, they were cooperative. It was good. Most people I'd reach out to and I'd get the answer back the next day. As I said, pinball's all about people and uh, pinball people love to have fun. And I said, we can pick on Jeff, make fun of him. And they said, we're in. So is that easy? <laughs> because you contacted so many different people, that guarantees that I'll have, I don't know, about 10 people listening to this podcast. So thanks, John. A captive audience. We hope they listen anyway. Now I want to finish with a joke, Jeff. Okay, so that's why I reach out to John a lot, whether we do the FaceTimes. And when he came and visited me and Anne over with Marty and Ryan in Melbourne when I turned 50, the reason my wife fell in love with John is because he just went joke after joke after joke. And by the way, I'm the stand-up comedian. I'm the guy who did this for many, many years. And you come in and I looked at Anne and I'm like, I've never said anything funny remotely to her compared to this guy coming in. Who's this guy? All right, so give us a joke. Well, it's a true story, Jeff, of course, as most good jokes are. It's a, and it's a lesson for um, when you next come to visit, because there was a, a Canadian chap came over to Australia for a holiday. He, he came to Queensland, and he was a bit of a hunter. So he went to a swamp during duck hunting season. Duck took off, shot it, bang, right in the middle of the lake. First shot, drops the duck. He's wading out to the middle, and from the other side of the lake, he sees someone wading towards him in the other direction. And as they meet towards the middle, he goes, hello, sir. And the Australian guy goes, g'day. And he said, you see the duck I shot? And the Australian goes, no, no, I shot that duck. And he said, I think you'll find that's my duck. And he said, well, you're in Australia now. Come to the shore and we'll show you how we sort it out. The Canadian thought, that's a bit weird. So they went to the shore with the duck. And the Australian said, right, stand here, spread your legs. We're going to kick each other in the nuts until one of us gives up. And the Canadian <laughs> said, really? He said, that's what we do in Australia. He said, I'll go first. The Canadian said, okay. Gave him a good swift kicking in the nads. The Canadian dropped to his knees, stood up. Wiped his brow and he said, my turn, buddy. And the Australian said, nah, you can have the duck. Wow. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Is it clean enough? (laughs) Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Dr. John, all the best to you, to Emily, your family, and I hope to see you soon. Thanks very much. Uh, Catch you next time. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com, all your subscriptions, past episodes, and more. We're on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile, and you can email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Hewles. I said the Joker is the one to man. It makes me feel-